Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Yeshua went into the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees to eat a meal on Shabbat. They were watching him closely, and there before him was a man swollen with fluid. So Yeshua said to the Torah lawyers and Pharisees, Is it permitted to heal on Shabbat or not? But they kept silent. So Yeshua took hold of him and healed him, and he sent him away. Then he said to them, Which of you... With a son or an ox falling into the well on Yom Shabbat would not immediately pull him out. And they could not reply to these things. Yeshua began telling a parable to those who had been invited when he noticed how they were choosing the seats of honor. He said to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding, don't take the seat of honor. For someone more highly esteemed than you may have been invited by him. Then the one who invited both of you will come to you and say, give up this seat. And with shame, you would proceed to take the lowest seat. I think I've read Luke about a hundred times in my life. It's just one of those passages that didn't stick out to me till this week. I've actually had that happen to me. I don't know if any of you guys have read have you just like unknowingly sat somewhere like up in front and they're like, excuse me, I'm going to need you to go back. <laughs> and, you know, when it happened to me, it was not a reserved seat. I won't tell you where it was. <laughs> um, but I was pretty much to told, told to move out in so many ways. It doesn't feel good. So I have that same sort of shame that Yeshua is talking about. So verse 9, he says, Then the one who invited both of you will come to you and say, Give up the seat. And with shame, you would proceed to take the lowest seat. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest seat, so that when the one who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you shall be honored in the presence of all those who are dining with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Some may say this is a metaphor for the kingdom of heaven, and it is, but the principle and practicality is still the same. 
You see, Yeshua wasn't saying, don't go sit in front. He was saying, don't be entitled. Don't think you are to be served and expected all the high places of honor. If honor comes to you naturally, then let it happen without expectation. For even he, being the son of God, did not expect anything, want anything. He actually wanted to serve. He would have been happier serving. <laughs> right? He says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That is going above and beyond. Don't you just love Yeshua? <laughs> the very essence of humility was embodied in him. Verse 12. Then Yeshua was also saying to the one who invited him, when you host a luncheon or dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors. Has anyone ever seen the rich get special treatment? I'm sure you've never seen that. Otherwise, they might invite you in return as your payback, to, you know, that principle to give as you expect. So you've all had it with the, you know, the holidays, you know, someone buys you a gift. And, oh man, I didn't get them anything. Now I have to get them something. So Yeshua says in verse 13, but when you host a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you will be blessed since they cannot repay you. You will be paid, repaid at the resurrection the righteous. So can you tell what Yeshua's heart is here? I think it's pretty clear. So just a few questions. Do we have the potential to even do this with our own movement? Create messianic celebrities? Rub elbows with the highly esteemed people? To forget about the less fortunate? Yes, we do. Do we have the potential to be entitled, run in clicks, and think of ourselves as a big deal, and only hang out with other big deals? <laughs> Didn't Peter fall into this? I mean, even after, you know, we all know that Peter's vision wasn't about food, it was about the Gentiles becoming clean. We all know that in the Messianic movement. But he fell into it, Paul says. But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. For before certain people came from Jacob, you know, before the Jew Jewish people arrived, he regularly ate with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and separate himself, fearing those from the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews joined him in the hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Could you imagine? Could you imagine this with, with, within our walls here? All, all the Jewish people separating themselves from the Gentiles and not even eating with them. How disrupted to the Holy Spirit would that be? So what is Yeshua not saying? He's not saying that we cannot have relationships with highly esteemed not saying that. 
He is saying that in your process of befriending them, do not forget about the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the cast-offs, the less fortunate in society, the misfits. Not the misfits in the band. We, we can cut them off. I'm, I'm just kidding, Josiah. <laughs> um, so going back to Luke 14. Now hearing this, one of, the, one of those dining with Yeshua said to him, Blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Yeshua goes on to talk about the parable of the banquet, where he establishes his heart for the cast-offs, inviting those that people wouldn't normally invite. Let us remember that in order to be followers of the Messiah, we must adopt that heart not show favoritism or partiality, for he himself does not do this. I hope that anyone walking through our doors that looks like a misfit, cast off, a homeless person, we would treat them the same way that we treat our, our own rabbi, with love, respect, honor. Because in heaven, there is no class system, there is no caste system. We are one in Messiah. Amen? Amen. He is our Melech, our King, and we are fortunate to be a part of his royal kingdom. So if you are here and you feel like a misfit or a cast off or feel that God sees others, but he doesn't see you, it is a lie. He sees you. His heart is for you. He is El Roy, the God who sees. Yeshua sees you just as he saw Nathaniel under the fig tree. He promises to comfort you, give you rest, and be your father. Amen? Let's say the blessings together if we have them. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, hamotzi Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth. Now the blessings over the wine, Kish, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Borei Pri HaGafen. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, creator. So we praise you, B'Shem Yeshua. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, we pray. Now, Gal enai va'avita nitla'ot betoratecha, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. This was a, a special New Year's prayer. Dear God, so far this year, someone prayed, I've, maybe you've heard this, I've done well, I haven't gossiped, I haven't lost my temper, I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, few minutes, Lord, I'm going to get out of bed, and from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. Amen. All right, so that was a New Year's prayer. And then uh, just maybe this one you heard. I shared this one before, but I love it so much. I, I just thought for those that are, of us that are, are getting older, you know, this one I love. Izzy visits the, the doctor for his annual checkup, and uh, the doctor says, Izzy, you're in terrific shape for a 60-year-old. 
Now, I've amended this, as you, you'll be able to tell. You have the body of a 35-year-old. How old was your father when he died? Who said my father died? Wow, how old is he? And is he, is he active? Dad's 82, and he plays pickleball three times a week. Amazing, how old was your grandfather when he died? Who said my grandfather died? You're kidding, how old is he? And is he, is he active? Grandpa is 102, plays pickleball, and he's getting married again. <laughs> Why on earth would a 102-old want to get married again? Who said he wanted to? His mother pressured him into it. <laughs> so just thought I'd share that one again. <laughs> That was pretty good. In case you feel 2023 or, you know, it's getting a little too late for you. No, it's not. Don't even think that way. Don't even think that way. In 2023, though, a couple, just a few things. 90% of the global population will have a supercomputer in their pocket. Modifying genes to renew all body issues to youthful versions will become actually possible. The world population has surpassed 8 billion as of November 2022. Global internet traffic grows to 302 exabytes. Loosening relationships, relations in the Middle East, the threat of a future war against China, as we know, looming, an ongoing conflict, the ongoing conflict with Russia, a worsening economic crisis, food, fuel, inflation, we know, we're all being hit with that, and we're to prepare for hardships, no question about it, we really should, most of the forecasters say. So how do we deal with adversity in the midst of it? Eagles coach, I'm gonna quote my Eagles coach, uh, Nick Sirianni, I like this statement, he said regarding injuries and a loss, one of the earliest talks that we have in training camp is, how are we going to basically deal with, he said, adversity is coming. He said, I don't know when it is and in what direction it will come. It could come in your personal life. It could be in your football life. It can be anything. How are we going to handle that? That's something you just have to just know about life, and football is no different. When you have to go through those things in life and when you have to go through those things in football, when you have the leaders we have, it makes those roads a little bit easier to navigate. We're going to dig deeper. We're going to find more answers. I, I highly recommend the film. Uh, Francis and I saw it. We ha hardly ever get to get out to the movies. We went out to see the film Avatar 2, The Way of the Water. And I recommend it, I really do, in conveying a lot of the, these great values. The Soli family strives to stay together, facing all sorts of danger, displacement, war, tragedy, death, and they make it through. But it's not easy. It's really tough and, and really a lot of hardship. And there's a lot of uh, difficulties they face, but they, but they stick together through it and they fight through it. Israel's 75th year of independence is coming this year. Did you know that? And interestingly enough, Abraham left Haran at 75. And he settled there from Ur. Remember, he left and he went on the way to Canaan but he, from Ur, but he settled in Haran first. He went to Haran, Haran first. And then, but at 75, he left Haran. 
And Israel is mentioned 75 times in the New Testament. Now, I'm not one who gets into a lot of numbers and a lot of these things, but it's interesting. Sometimes it's interesting. And so I say, Lord, may this be the year that the Jewish people come out of our Haran, Haran and go towards Canaan, the promised land. May it be the year that we come into our full relationship and connection to Yeshua. And the new, in the new covenant, our promised Messiah. Amen? Let, may that happen, Lord. And in this week's parasha, as Francis mentioned earlier, Vayagash, is Genesis 44, 18 through 47. It's basically part three in the trilogy of Joseph and his brothers and the story. Joseph was 17. His brothers sold him as a slave. 13 years incarcerated. 13 years. Difficult, difficult years. You know, sometimes God says, I'm just going to put you in the furnace for a while. It's so much fun, isn't it, in the furnace? Don't you love it? And we want to get out. We'd like to get, you know, we'd like it to end quickly. And sometimes it just doesn't end when we want it. To. It doesn't usually end when we want it to end. You know, you can have all the, you know, quote, all the promises you want. But if the Lord wants you to, to be in the furnace, he'll keep you there when he wants, as long as he wants you to be. And it's okay. He tries us in the furnace. You're going to come out when he, he has tried me. I think it's Job 23.10. He has tried me. I will come forth as what? Gold. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. You will come forth as gold. So if he's got you in there, you're going to come forth as gold. Joseph, seven, 13 years in prison, but he's promoted as viceroy of Egypt. And he handles then this difficult famine period with wisdom. God gives him chachma, wisdom, how to handle it. And this is 22 years later that we read about in the parsha this week that Joseph is now 39 years old, and he's planted evidence incriminating Benjamin with theft in this whole story. And the brothers come to plead their case. And so Joseph ascertains with them, and you can turn to Genesis 45 in your Bibles if you have them with you. And Joseph is ascertaining if they had repented, and he wants to facilitate their complete repentance. The brothers offer themselves in place of Benjamin. So he finds out that they've, they've, they've come to a place of really repentance. Judah is leading the plea. He leads the plea and he gives an impassioned speech that really moves Joseph, Judah the older brother. And Joseph wants his brothers to be humbled, but Beautifully, he doesn't want them to be shamed or really embarrassed, so he puts everyone else out of the room before he reveals or unmasks himself and discloses his identity to them. And so have in chapter 45, verse 1, we'll read here. He says, now Joseph could no longer restrain himself in front of all those who were standing by him. So he cried out, get everyone away from me. Get everyone away from me. No one stood with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And it says, Joseph made himself known. After 22 years of separation, but he gave his voice to weeping, so the Egyptians heard. After Judah concludes this speech, Joseph, so moved by his willingness to sacrifice himself for his brother Benjamin, that he couldn't keep his 
mask on any longer and his identity hidden, he bursts forth with this emotion and he cries out, get everyone over. And he gave his voice so the Egyptians even heard in verse two and three, Pharaoh's whole household heard and Joseph says to his brothers, Ani Yosef, I'm Joseph, is my father still alive? He doesn't know if Jacob is still alive at this point. Now, this verse encapsulates really our vision for our Jewish people, our prayer, our mission at Koldodi and for every Messianic congregation, really. It's for Yeshua to say, I'm Yeshua to the Jewish people. We want them to see that, for their, our eyes to be, their eyes to, my brothers, my hearts and sisters, my hearts and desire, desire and prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. Romans 10.1. Or Zechariah 12.10, when that day is going to happen, then I will pour out upon the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication, and they will look toward me whom they have pierced. We've pierced him. They will mourn for him as we, one mourns for an only son and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Or Paul says in the end of Romans chapter 11, I do not want you brothers and sisters to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own, in your own eyes, that a partial hardening, not a complete, a partial hardening has come upon Israel until, until, it's not over, it didn't, it's not permanent until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, the nations has come in, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. You know, I say you could make a really clear prediction. I predict in 2023, Israel will not be destroyed. God said in uh, Jer Jer uh, Jeremiah 33, he says, unless, as long as there's day and there's night, as long as the solar system is still active, he says, I'm keeping my covenant with the descendants of David, with the children of Israel, I'm, go I'm going to keep them. So you can, it's a prophecy you can always count on. This is our vision. I am not ashamed of the good news. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who trusts, to the Jew first, also to the Greek, Romans 1.16. Now, can you fathom what went on in Joseph's brothers' minds when this happened? Their lives were flashing before them after all that they'd done to him 22 years earlier. Rabbi Tzvi Nightingale says this, one could only imagine the collective dropping of 11 jaws, 11 tongues that could not make a sound. Every piece of the puzzle in an instant came together and locked into place to form one stunning picture, a still life photo that encapsulated over two decades of a painful family history. In verse 4 of, Gen of chapter 45 here, then Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near, and he says it again. Ani Yosef Achichem. I'm Joseph. Let's say Ani Yosef. Ani Yosef. There you go. Ani Yosef Achichem. Achichem. Your brother. Your brother. And he, then he says, the one you sold to Egypt. Similarly, three times Yeshua calls the Jewish people his brothers, whom he has been made like in every way in Hebrews chapter 2 in the New Covenant. 
the New Testament. My brothers, my brothers, my brothers. Three times. One day soon, Yeshua will make himself known to his brothers, to the Jewish people. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm, Zeroah, the arm of the Lord, been revealed? Isaiah 53.1. I will wait for Adonai, who is, is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look eagerly for him. What a verse in Isaiah 8, verse 17. Or listen to this verse in Hosea 5.15. I will go, God is speaking. I will go, and who is speaking? I will go and return to my place until they admit their guilt. Then they will seek my face. In their distress, they will seek me earnestly. Who's speaking? Who left his place and now returned to it? Who did that? Yes, our Messiah. Come, let us return to the Lord. The next verse Hosea 6, 1 says, for he has torn, return to the Lord. He is torn, but he will heal us. He has smitten, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up and we will live in his presence. This is what God's heart longs for and our heart longs for. And so it shapes our vision and our mission at Kol Dodi and for every all Messianic believers, Jew and Gentile alike. Joseph, listen to this, Joseph never actually asks his brothers to apologize to him. God has already supernaturally worked in his heart forgiveness. Now listen to what I'm going to share to you, because I had written this down last year and I never shared it. Yeshua never solicits from Peter an apology for denying him. He probes him, causing him to look in the mirror, or to use the phrase which the prophet Haggai repeats several times to Israel. He says, place your heart on your ways. Place your heart on your ways. And then Yeshua restores Peter in John chapter 21 and he recommissions him. But did he ever bring up his denial? Read the story. Read John after his resurrection. Did he ever bring up his denial? Or did he bring up the disciples, to the disciples their cowardly fleeing from the Roman soldiers when he was arrested? Did he come to the room and he say, what happened to you guys? What's going on? What did you do that? What? Or to Elijah? how he ran from Jezebel or Jonah running away from God's call, only probing with Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? Or with Jonah, is it good that you're angry, Jonah? <laughs> Don't you love that story? Is it good that you're angry, Jonah? That's what God says to him. <laughs> probing. This is what Joseph is doing with his brothers. And Peter with Yeshua. Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter. Joseph here is restoring his brothers for having, after having probed them, having them look in the mirror, but no words of condemnation. They had lived with the pain and the guilt long enough. 22 years. 
Peter had gone out and wept bitterly. Israel was licking the wounds of her devastating poverty. The disciples felt awful, huddled together. Elijah was all alone and miserable. Jonah smelled like fish intestines. Joseph doesn't need to hear them apologize. He has long since forgiven them. He's so far beyond that. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103, verse 12. Flung behind his back our iniquities in Isaiah 38, 17. Into the depths of the sea, Micah 7, 18, 7, 19. Blotted out, I've blotted out as a thick cloud your sins, not remembered them in Isaiah 44, 22. He remembers our sins and lawless deeds no more. Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews chapter 8, chapter 10, he recites it again. God knew what he was doing and he sent me here before you in order to preserve life is what Joseph says. God knew what he was doing. He sent me before you. So now, chapter 45, verse 5, so now, don't be grieved and don't be angry in your own eyes that you sold me here. The Message Bible says in John 3, 17, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right, right again. Or in Genesis, the next phrase of Genesis 45, 5, since it was for preserving life that God sent me here before you. God is bigger than people. He is bigger than what people do or have done to you or me. Two times in, verse, in these verses, verses 4, 5, 7, and 8, two times he says, you sold me. Three times he says, God sent me. Let's say that. You sold me. God sent me. You sold me. God sent me. The word sold, makar in Hebrew, makar or makar, it means you sold me. You delivered me up. You betrayed me. You did. But listen to what this word sent me in shalach. Yes, it means to send, to let loose. It means that. But it really, the really root of the Hebrew word, it means to move to a goal. Hello. To move to a goal. It means to dispatch and transfer. It's used of, in modern Hebrew of launching a rocket. It's used of a missile. You sold me. That's what people, you did, brothers. You did, you sold me. But God launched me as a rocket. God moved me to a goal. God had a purpose beyond what you did to me, and that's what matters. It's not what people do. It's what God is doing beyond that to us. And if you can get that, if God, you can let the Holy Spirit work that in your heart, you will be on top of everything. You will be more than a conqueror through him who loved you. You really will. You will be, you will be where God wants you to be and where God wants me to be. 
moved to a goal, shalach. God's redeeming purposes overshadow and override people's evil plans. Man conspires, God inspires. Man instigates, God orchestrates. Man's intent is overridden by God's advent. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient time, what is yet to come, saying, my purpose will stand, and I will accomplish all that I please. Truly, I have spoken. I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely, I will do it. Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 11. Isn't that amazing? Verse 7, he says, but God sent me ahead of you to ensure a remnant in the land and to keep you alive for a great escape. What God does to me, listen, what God does to me through others is actually for others. What God does to me through others negatively is for others positively. Because it's really not about me. It's really about others. It's really about God's glory and using it for others. And that's why Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 says, in him we also were chosen. We were predestined according to his plan. He keeps working out all things according to the purpose of his will so that we who, were first, who first put our hope in Messiah might be for his glorious praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your glorious place praise. We are for your glorious praise. We are peripheral. God is central. Verse 8, he says, so now it wasn't you. It wasn't you. You didn't send me here, but God, but God. And he made me a father to Pharaoh, lord over his whole house and ruler over the entire land of Egypt. Blessed are the pure in heart, Yeshua said, for they shall, what? See who? God, not people. They see God through it all, not man. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Proverbs 19, 21. Whatever hurtful things have been said or done, let go of them. Let go of them. When you or someone else is dying or gone, nothing really matters except reconciliation. Have you noticed that? All you're left with are regrets wherever there was separation. Differences, whether it's political or theological or even sometimes moral in one sense, no longer aren't the issues that matter then. Judgments regarding lifestyle, that you disagreed with or displeased you, a disagreement or a harsh words that were exchanged, was it really worth allowing these to keep you apart? You can tell someone that they did hurt you, and that's good, but first forgive them in your heart. Reconcile with God that he allowed it. It wasn't them, it was God. He was merely using them to accomplish a higher purpose. 
Nelson Mandela, incarcerated for 27 years for anti-apartheid activities, he rose to become South Africa's first black president, leading his nation from 1994 to 1999, leading his country to pursue a path of forgiveness and reconciliation despite the numerous atrocities that occurred. And he said, he's, this is one of his many great statements, he said, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in a prison. I'd still be in prison. He said resentment, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Psalm 57, composed by when, when David was hiding in a cave from Saul, and I've been going through those psalms in, in the Devash Lafi, the morning devotionals on Facebook, the Koladi's Facebook page. In the morning, and uh, Psalm 57, David was hiding from Saul and his men, and David was spared from being swallowed up. And he was so grateful. He said, God hears my cry. He said, be gracious to me, God, be gracious to me. Chineni Elohim, chineni, chineni Elohim, chineni. And he sends his grace and his truth. God sends his grace and his truth, he said. Chesed ve'emet, his grace and his truth. That's Yeshua. The net they prepared, he says, the pit they dug, they fell into it themselves. And he says, my heart's prepared, God. You prepared my heart. It's steadfast. He thanks God among the peoples for his, again, chesed ve'emet, his grace and his truth. And he says twice and ends the psalm with, be exalted above the heavens, O God. Ruma al shamayim Elohim, al kol ha'aretz kvodecha. Be above all the earth, be your glory. Be exalted, Lord. You're the, you're the glory. And so I want to finish this morning and say, we are delivered, not devoured. And I, I'm going to ask you to say it with me. I don't usually have you say something that's not scripture, but let's say, we are delivered, not devoured. Let's say it. We are delivered, not devoured. We are rescued. Say it. We are rescued, not ruined. We are prepared, placed, and positioned for God's glory. We are prepared, God is prepared, and we're placed and we're positioned, not for our purposes, but for his glory. That's why he does it. That's what he did with Joseph. That's what he's doing with your life and my life. That's what he does. He made me, Joseph says, Verse 8, a father to Pharaoh, lord over his whole house, ruler over the entire land of Egypt. Exaltation doesn't come from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. God, but God is the judge. He puts down one. He exalts another. God does honor when he wants to, and he puts down when he wants to. He does it. He will in the, now and in the life to come. The trials that have befallen you have ultimately positioned you to save others. Pray, ask the Lord how you might use your position at present to help save others because that's why you're there. And when you know that God has promoted you 
You can relax. And God has placed you there. You can relax. Why? He's prepared, he's placed, he's positioned you for his purposes. No man has done it. No man can thwart it, thwart it because the Lord is the one who reigns. Father, we thank you for your amazing chesed ve'emet, your grace and truth. It's all you, Lord. Work in our hearts, Lord God. Work in our hearts. Elohim cheneni, be gracious to us, O oh God. Be gracious to me, be gracious, Lord. Help us, Lord, work in our hearts the forgiveness that Joseph had beyond, beyond it, the heart, the heart that you have that has already paid for our sins and gone so far beyond all that we could ask or think because of Yeshua's death and resurrection. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for what this, may this year be a year, Lord, of incredible blessing and placement, Lord, for your purposes, Lord. Whatever battles we are facing, whatever we go through, Lord, we know you're the one working to place us, to, pre to prepare, to place, position us for your glory. We know that we will not be, that we will be delivered, not devoured, rescued, not ruined, but prepared, placed, and positioned for your glory in Yeshua's name. We thank you, we confess it, we believe it. Amen, amen. If you've never trusted Yeshua today, please pray Open your heart up to God. Humble yourself. Say, God, I need you. I want to know you. Lord God, I want to be saved. I want to trust Yeshua today. I'm coming to know you. I'm placing my trust in Yeshua. Help me, God. I want to know you. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me new. And if you're watching online, please write us. Contact us. We'll contact you back. If you're, back, if you're praying, uh, you're here, someone will pray with you up front right afterwards as we close the service now. Come pray with some great prayer warriors here. Someone will agree with you in prayer. Let's stand. We're going to close the service with benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face upon you and grant you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.